This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey friends, Kevin here. Just wanted to add a quick fact check to the episode today. We say repeatedly in the episode that Joyful Noise is available on streaming via HBO Max, which was true, but is no longer true as of literally today, July 1st. So it's no longer on the service. My bad. Sorry about that. But hey, maybe it's worth the rental. You know, like like the great Ted Cruz once said, vote your conscience on that as far as paying for it goes. So just wanted to let you know. Okay, here's the show. Y'all ready? Yes. Cool. Let's do it. Oh, shit. I don't have something. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. Oh boy. What? Okay, now I got it. Hey, shut I'm up. Sorry, Asha. Sorry, Asha. Oh, my my apologies for the. I'll try and forgive you. Lack of professionalism for this freaking. Okay, we watched Joyful Noise, and we're gonna talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. I wanna see cat. I wanted a yuck, everybody, and I didn't. I'm dry. <laughs> Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin character assassination from caroline <laughs> I, I don't think so this is a crime <laughs> these are revenge clips no these are just you know the, the, to me it's like i'm putting together a scrapbook of all the reasons i love you and that we're friends. <laughs> one by one each little sound clip is another little Aww, clipping in the really book nice and somehow it, it contains nothing flattering it's like if you only put pictures in a scrapbook of like my front facing camera selfies when you Turn your phone around. Totally. Like, you know that scene in Up where Carl goes into the house and he opens up the Our Adventure book <laughs> with his wife, Ellie? Now, just imagine, like, F you, cuck, I'm dry. Like, those are the captions that Ellie wrote <laughs> for Carl under there uh, exactly. for, for his big adventure. Well, we're here I'm to have good Christian mark. fun. That's right. That's right. Uh, good Christian fun is a podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music, and the movies, the entertainment made for and made by Christians, kind of, sometimes, I guess, in the case of this one. Uh, but we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. We're not here to accomplish anything at all. We're just here to really? have good Christian yeah, no. fun. Yeah, I think we're here to accomplish a podcast. So if something is being recorded, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> In the words of Press Bush, my favorite press. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Mission accomplished. <laughs> We love Prez Bush on the podcast. We also love Dolly Parton on the podcast. We sure do. This is my, that's my Prez. We're talking about the movie Joyful Noise, the 2012 movie 
that is available for streaming on HBO Max. I'll say it right now before we get into it. Watch the movie. It's fun. Oh my gosh. Watch yeah. it. I mean, we'll talk <laughs> about all the particulars later, but it's worth a watch. Streaming on HBO Max. And if you don't have HBO Max, don't worry. I'll give you my login. Just kidding. Yeah, ask Kevin for his password. <laughs> or ask me. I'll give it to you. Yeah, she'll give it to you. Um, now, I do actually have something of serious note, but before I get to that, I do want to introduce our guest and make her subject to listening to it. So let's do that right now. Okay, friends and folks, well, she is a writer. You may know her from her work on American Horror Story and upcoming Netflix projects. Everybody give it the hell up for Asha Michelle Asha Wilson! Michelle. Hi. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Hello, friend. So, what an introduction. I'm a little worried that you said you had something dramatic to say after you introduced me. <laughs> That was a weird way to well, I d- bring that if in. it took too long, I didn't want you to feel like you couldn't talk the whole time. I, I don't have like a This is gonna be a big one. She's gonna yeah. wanna weigh in. I, I, I don't have like a conflict with you that I need okay. resolved on, on the air. <laughs> I was like, is this an intervention? <laughs> <laughs> We're beefing. But now I, I would actually uh, with the two of you as my witnesses, I'd I'd like to read um a statement, a, a prepared statement. So oh, no. <clears throat> The following is a prepared statement I'd like to read. It has come to my attention that in the previous episode of our podcast, Good Christian Fun, I made a mistake that reflected poorly on both me and the show. In last week's episode, episode GCF 137, I still believe, our guest Matt Apodaca described his process to bake a flan. This then sent myself and Caroline and Matt on a fun tangent before the commercial break, including riffs about Matt going on an all-flan diet. Since the airing of the episode, a number of listeners have pointed out to me that when coming back from the mid-roll ad, I said, welcome back to Good Christian Fun, when in reality, I should have said, welcome back to Good Christian Flan. (laughs) I've been silent on social media about this in hopes that my current actions would speak louder than my words, and that was my mistake. I want to be clear how deeply sorry I am. Good Christian Fun is a show in which all puns should feel welcome. And I deeply regret letting the show down, letting Caroline down, and letting you, the listener, down. I don't expect your forgiveness, but just know that I'm taking this time to listen, to learn, and to grow from the experience. So together, we can create a culture in which my deeply internalized biases won't stop me from making dumb wordplay jokes. Thank you for listening. Wow, another boilerplate apology. (laughs) Fill in the blank. What? False milk no toast. <laughs> Act of sorriness. I worked on that for six minutes. From a male in media. <laughs> what? I, I really am sorry. Obviously crafted by a PR professional. <laughs> you know what? I'd just love to think what Flan thinks about this. I feel like it's not really a time for you to be talking, Kevin. Yeah, it's it sounds like you really Flan's centered turn. yourself. I'm, so I'm centering myself in the escapade. narrative. Yes. No, I understand. No, but if it's something that I think it's important, you know, like it's important for us to speak up because if we don't, then like who's going to do it? You know, who's going to do that right. work? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, yeah. I just I just want to be forthright about that and, and for you to both bear witness uh, like, well, like a we'll wedding be watching. ceremony. We'll be watching to see what your actions show next. It's going to be a process. I don't expect this to go away overnight. I know this is going to be a long, hard road. Okay. Really glad I got to be on the apology episode as opposed to the 
incident episode. So. Yeah, we wanted to save yeah. you from that. Yeah, I know. Cause... Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens this episode. <laughs> Kevin may step in it again. I've reached out to Matt. I've apologized to him because I know <laughs> it made him complicit in some way as well. Uh, my... Let the record state, I, Kevin did not reach out to me or offer me an apology. <laughs> so once again, I said I offered you an apology <laughs> in this. I wanted to do this in a, in a crowd of women and we can have a private conversation later as well. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk. Offline. Offline. <laughs> Offline. Asha, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm honored. What a fun time. Um, what a fun time to have you on the show. I would love to know what your background is with religion, with faith, with G.O.D. If you even for believe sure. in a thing called G.O.D., what's going on? You know, it's... What's so funny is when you started saying background, anytime anyone asks me that, it's about my race. So I was prepared to be like, well, my dad is. And so. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Not this time. So I'm um, glad that this there was This also a maybe more personal. Yeah. yeah. And, and way more problematic, ultimately. <laughs> Long term. Um, you know, that's such an interesting question of, um, with faith is. I grew up surrounded by a lot of different religions. My mom was always very keen to get us to go to church, but she practiced more Buddhism than anything else. But we went to like a pretty like, um, I guess, could you say like a secular church? Like there wasn't really like, it was kind of just general Christianity, I guess. Um, but my dad studied completely, just was I think at the time probably considered himself to be Muslim, but didn't really practice it. But my godmother was Muslim. My best friends growing up were, one was Jewish, one was Catholic. So when I would spend the like night at their house, we would always go to like some service the next day. Terrifying. Um, <laughs> kind of like a whole thing of like, I thought we were having pancakes, but now I'm going to a synagogue. Um, <laughs> and uh, my stepmom and her family are Mormon. And then I studied a lot of Hinduism growing up. So I kind of uh, was introduced to a lot of religions from a really young age. Um, and I was grateful because my parents never pressured me into anything with the exception of going to church. My mom was very like, do whatever, study whatever. It's all there. <laughs> and so um, I think that was kind of my introduction into it. That, I think that's the most varied background I've ever heard in like <laughs> someone's religious upbringing or like education um, especially like just unintentionally too. It just sort of was like baked into your whole experience. Kind of. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking back, I'm really grateful for it. At the time it was kind of like, this is too much. I don't really, <laughs> just let me watch. Like, can we focus here, whatever. please <laughs> <laughs> give me a lane. <laughs> um, and I remember, um, the church that we went to, they did not like me cause I asked way too many questions. Um, what kind of church was this? Um, it was the non-secular or the secular. The it was kind of like yes, non-denominational yeah, uh -huh. kind of yeah. Um, it was mostly black people, but there were a lot of like different races who kind of came in and out of there. And um, my mom really liked it because I think she just wanted me to like be a part of a community because we moved around a lot. But I would just because I had studied so many other religions and I had been to a temple and a synagogue and different types of churches and done different types of prayers, I would ask questions about it and be like, well, if this faith says this, what do you think of this? And like, if I'm not baptized, does that mean I'm going to hell? And well, this kind of contradicts with this part in Genesis. Right. So like, what's the deal? Um, and they were like, please don't come back anymore. So <laughs> they actually were like, please <laughs> stop. They were like, at one point they were like, I don't think she should be in like the kids Sunday school. I think, you got I think she should just out? sit upstairs. 
Whoa! Wait, was that because there was like a special advanced and gifted school that you could be in, or was (laughs) it like we just don't like her energy? (laughs) I wish, I wish they were like you cross into the next level. Welcome to. (laughs) Um, No, they were just like I think she should sit upstairs with like her mom. She should just like with the adults. (laughs) That's amazing. That's like they made you a pariah. Honor, yeah, I literally, um, whatever um, the Scarlet A version of children. But what a nice! This is such churches. a good anecdote about you. Of like, as a kid, I was actually too smart. But like, like the takeaway like, from this is like, for oh, my critical thinking was literally, literally broke the infrastructure of Sunday school. I think is a is a terrific story. But you know what? I nailed my writing and reading SATs. Hey. So Wait, what'd you get? Wait, by the time you took the SATs, I bet they they were like, it was more than 1600, right? So they they switched it and they switched it back because I think it's now 1600 again. But when I took it, it was 2400. Flip flopping more than the CDC. I mean, classic. (laughs) Uh, So I did horrible on math. I think I got like 550 out of 800 on math. Uh But I got 750 writing, 700 reading. I cannot believe I remember that. Okay, yeah, no, this isn't like a dick measuring contest, but I did get a 720 (laughs) on reading or writing. I'm not sure which one. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) And that has proved only helpful in writing Instagram (laughs) captions, uh, which you could argue... It's a skill. So I, I, I would, I would say writing Instagram captions is a skill, and um, you should be proud. Thank you. I mean, it is on my resume. It's safe to say <laughs> that everyone participating in this conversation right now made it into the quadruple digits for their SAT scores, <laughs> even <laughs> if it was barely in some cases. <laughs> It just sounds a like a little bit north. Wait, Kevin, it sounds like your place. Like, you, what What was your score? You yeah, didn't really say. Yeah, you just lay us. down, just in the yeah. spirit of like. I don't recall. Fancy. I just recall the number of digits. I don't remember <laughs> what the digits said. I tell you, but I'm afraid I'd say my social security number on accident. So I'd rather uh, not yeah. dox. I don't want to make you do that. Fair, um, fair. Asha, when you were growing up, did you have any. Did any of these like appeal to you specifically as like, oh, this makes the most sense or this feels the most magical or exciting or anything like that? Um, I would say that. So my mom has taught yoga for about 30 years um, before it was like the cool thing. I know. I would like to ask her like her perspective (laughs) of going from like kind of a fringe thing to like. It's now the main the thing. The equinox yeah. of exercise types. Are <laughs> I think she's she's like cool with it because now it's a lot easier for her to take yoga classes. But she she lived in L.A. for a while and she hated the hot yoga fad. And she hated, I think, uh, the way that, that a lot of people do yoga now kind of takes away from the spirituality of it, which to answer your question was a thing that I always thought was really interesting. I would like sit in her studio and she would try to get me to do the stretches, which I didn't like, but (laughs) the spirituality behind it, I always thought was really interesting. And I think, um, I went, I actually went to India last year and got to study it a bit more. And I think it's just such an interesting mythology and it's such an interesting, a group of people that practice it and they're very open and welcoming, which I think is something that scares a lot of people about religion in general is feeling like if you say something wrong or do something wrong that, you know, you'll be burned at the stake, which they did do. Um, once <laughs> to be fair, time. that, yeah. that saying fair. has a it literal <laughs> historical <laughs> origin. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's something that I was always really drawing, drawn to and I studied it in college. And I think I just liked the stories uh, of every religion. I think so many of them are so similar, um, yeah. which 
I think we should, in general, talk about more. But I think. Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry. This... Is this a plagiarism charge? <laughs> <laughs> God was pulling a Shia LaBeouf <laughs> on some of these texts. It's more of like a why is everyone so mad at each other when you're all saying the same <laughs> story? Oh, sure. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it's more that. But I think. Um, as a writer, I'm saying in quotes because I think that phrase can be dumb. I think the stories I always really loved in general. Narrative you always connected to. Yes. Uh, Damon Lindelof yes. talked about that a lot. He always talked about when working on Lost and Leftovers stuff. He was yeah. like... My good personal friend, Damon. Do you know him at all? all the time. <laughs> no, I've never met him before in my life. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. He's someone in your orbit, I would imagine. We I all hang sure. out in the high SAT score club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they, yeah, but just kind of like the general... Med- Did you ever get into the Joseph Campbell stuff and the hero's journey and all that jazz? A bit. Yeah. Um, I uh, That was like Heart of Darkness kind of was the thing with that, yeah. right? I fucking hated that book, actually. <laughs> I couldn't stand that book. It was dense. So I, I bailed on it, it was, and I don't I feel bad. Yeah. I actually, we read that book in like my AP English class in high school, and I got through a chapter, refused to read the rest, and then in the <laughs> test that we took, because you know how you would have to like do an essay in class on the book? Yeah. I think I just rewrote the entire movie of The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. I was just like, we open on a child in bed. And I rewrote the the whole thing. And I got like a C plus. He was like, I think you get what a hero's journey is. (laughs) Awesome. That's messed up. So you have to be jazzed out of your mind about this Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner, Princess Bride, Quibi. You know what? (laughs) Caroline's eyes are melting out of her head because she's hearing this for the first time. They're doing Princess Bride on Quibi. Caroline is the number one Quibi supporter. She's the only person I know who actually subscribes going, to and going. watches. <laughs> keep going. That's your motto for Quibi. We're I not done yet. <laughs> you are the one. Keep, you are keeping Quibi afloat. You should they know that. They reach out to me constantly. They send me gifts. Gracious. <laughs> I'm dripping in Quibi swag. Usually. Cool. <laughs> oh. I actually haven't watched a Quibi in a long time. I think I'll just pop one open for like the next couple minutes Pop or so. One open. Can I just can I just say if you had used the phrase like ten years ago, I'm dripping in Quibi swag, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone would talk You'd to you. You'd go to jail. You would go to jail immediately. No trial. Someone is a witch. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's right here on the homepage. New show. Home <laughs> All right. Caroline, we're good. <laughs> It is, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it later. Wait, we'll are they like recreating service. it as like a be quiet, be kind, rewind sort of thing? They're doing the so Jason Ryman does these like readings uh, in LA. He's the one behind oh. it, but he'll do the reading where he'll like creatively recast or not so creatively recast a, a movie <laughs> with like, <laughs> hey, what if instead? Yeah, I don't of- know if Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner is like, whoa, a win for diversity. <laughs> well, I will say, I think what they're doing in. The defense of this. Yeah, speak on this, Asha, please. Yeah, no, let's team up. Let's defend the Quibi. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that it's different people playing the same parts. So, like, in the beginning, it's like Common and Tiffany Haddish are playing Wesley and Buttercup. And then it's kind of like the next one, it's somebody else. And from what I understand, if that is incorrect, then okay. But I'd like to see Common in more movies. Who wouldn't? Unfortunately, he's uncommon. Tiffany Haddish dating. Okay. N- no, weren't Common and Laura Dern dating? Yeah, they that's were. Right. I think they were. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Get that Laura Dern pipeline. 
Ew. So, not not <laughs> more of information. Disgust. Oh. Else. I'm sorry. <laughs> Land pipeline for Laura Dern. Is she have? I have. What you have? What I. I have a Laura Dern story that I should not tell on this podcast, but can I tell you about please, it later? Yes. Please, oh, wow. What please. a great what a great thing for the listeners. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. It's only because it involves somebody else who is very famous and them going on vacation together. And I don't want to like... More famous than Dern? Yes. Here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, if you say something on GCF, it is in every newspaper the next morning. Like it is a... <laughs> firestorm of publicity so yeah you should that's your caution is correct i did get an email about one of our behind the paywall episodes a little tale i i told outside of school on that someone said in a facebook group that has nothing to do with your podcast they were talking about this story I was oh my like, gosh well, yeah was i guess like any- a well-known story or was it like a story you knew no it was about a certain um it was about a certain activist actor uh, forcing below the line employees to uh, <laughs> compromise their health to go into the studio to do certain things. For oh her. yes, yes. I mean, so God bless. All the better. All the better. <laughs> this story, I will say, is it's not anything bad about Laura Dern. If anything, it would make people like her more. But Fantastic. it's just. I know it like. It, I know it like make me like her more. I know that. I'm sure. I know that. I'm sure. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it Leave is. Leave a little bit of room. So <laughs> a little wiggle room. What, what's a belief system for you right now, Asha? What What's working for you as far as like purpose, meaning of life, life and death, all that stuff? I know it can be incredibly cliche and trite to be a millennial in LA and say that I'm more spiritual than religious, but um, I think that's probably the route I would take. I think in general, I tend to kind of feel like Honestly, whatever you believe in life is what happens to you after you die. If you're a shitty person and you believe in a heaven and hell, then you'll go to that. If you don't, you go to what you believe. If you believe in nothing, you go to nothing. I think um, maybe that's a little bit too much of an easy answer. Oh. But I think that if you believe in heaven and you're a good person, that's where you'll go. If you, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like all of faith just kind of feels like an idea to me. And ideas are super powerful. And so I think... There's something that I always loved um, in Neil Gaiman's American Gods. I don't know if you guys have read that or seen the show. I've read half of it. <gasps> Great. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> it was long. Um, it's it's long. so long. It's <laughs> But I will say the theme of it is kind of, do we believe in gods because they exist or do they exist because we believe in them? And I feel like that's such an interesting question that I kind of just think about a lot. And so I think for me, I tend to feel a connection to like the universe, which I know sounds so eye rolly to a lot of people. You don't have to disclaimer it. We've heard much worse things on this show. (laughs) We're on board. Yeah. Um, And I, um, yeah, I think from just like studying so many of them and feeling a connection to all of them in different ways, where I was kind of like, oh, if I really threw myself into, Hinduism, I would definitely like be surrounded by that. If I really yeah. threw myself into Catholicism, that I mean, you know, the, just, <laughs> well, in ways, that well would be it. <laughs> I don't know if you want to throw yourself. <laughs> I don't think that though. would necessarily be my north star. Here but, I come. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I could definitely see myself really enveloped in whatever I chose, so to speak. But the thing I feel the most connected to is just that. I know that there's more than me and I know that 
there are, are things in my life that I can't explain or feelings that I get that I can't explain that feel like some kind of higher power is a part of that. And I think to name it or anything feels off to me. It just feels like, you know, sacrilegious. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to ask you a question about uh, being a writer and, and working as a television writer. I'm curious as to what, or if you have any thought at all towards the idea of, of ethical responsibility as far as writing goes, if, if your job, and it's not like you're a showrunner yet and like you have like full charge of the room or whatever you're doing, but just in whatever the project is or whatever personal project you're working on anyway, what kind of uh, charge or weight you feel to represent a particular perspective or worldview that is more of what you want to see. Cause, cause some people just purely see it as like a craftsman thing of like, I'm making a table. Here's the three X structure and the four legs and it's whatever. And some people do see it as like, more of a vehicle or a vessel for uh, to communicate certain kinds of uh, morality or ethics? Right. That's an interesting question. I think um, I've worked on a few different shows now, some that I, I sold a show last year, so I'm kind of thinking about that more so than rooms that I've been in where I've had less say in what happens. But I think in general, I tend to kind of want to write the world a little better than it is and people a little nicer than they can be and um, like the world, the, the way that I would want the world to be because mm -hmm. I think that's what I like watching on TV. I like watching things that, I mean, look, there's always, it's always fun watching, you know, shows about shitty people and antiheroes and whatever. But I think that when I think of my favorite shows, they're always about people that want to make the world a better place or try to be the best version of themselves or about, you know, love and all of that. And I, I think that is what I'm always, the stories that I always want to tell are kind of rooted in that. And so um, I think in terms of ethics and morality, it can get a little tricky because, you know, there are some shows that I've worked on that have had a lot of murder in them and a lot of <laughs> um, dark things happen. But I think even on those shows, we tend to kind of want the root to be in some form of like love or there's a reason that, you know, this has happened in this way. So I think, does that answer that question? I don't know if it does, but... I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You're unsure, though. <laughs> I'm unsure. I'm kind of like, yeah. I I, I think I, portraying I, the, I, I, the world a little, like, 20% better than it actually is, is like a fine answer. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Because it's not, like, when I look at it, I don't feel like I have a moral responsibility to say the right thing and do the right thing in everything that I write. But I think that... <laughs> maybe I should a bit more. Well, you know? I mean, there's so many different kinds of types of people with that. Like you look at people like Sorkin or like other sort of like ideologues as far as like the newsroom or West Wing stuff goes where it's like, this yeah. is how things ought to be in a perfect world. Yeah. And then that See, stuff can be kind of grating and then age poorly, or sometimes it can be inspiring. And then there's other people that think like, I'm just here to entertain. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I lean a bit more towards entertaining just because I think there's always a place for something like that. And there's always, a reason why someone feels drawn to write that kind of story. But I think if I do it, it can be, be a little soapboxy because mm. um, I tend to go too far in and I'm like, I feel very passionately about this. Why don't people see things uh. this way? So instead I'm kind of like dick jokes. We're all friends. <laughs> and, like, and I think, and I think jokes, a lot of times friends. <laughs> friends, the two tenets of Asha Michelle Wilson's work. When is that coming out? I would like to watch it. You know what? Put that on my tombstone. That would be it for me. I think, I think someone like Sorkin, who's obviously amazing um, at what he does. I think, 
kind of sees things in a very specific way. And he always gives, like the voice he always gives to these characters or people that are at a pretty high level, you know, politically or in entertainment or in news. And the things I write, it's always just like lower level people who are just kind of like living their best. Someone like me who's just kind Mm -hmm. of going through the world and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And so I think those people, it's not like every single day they're going out being like, I have a moral responsibility to do something. So I wouldn't write them that way. But I think if they're in a situation where that happens, I always want to kind of put them in a mindset of like, wouldn't it be nice if the world was like this and the people that we were around were like this? So, yeah. In between, I guess, is yeah. my answer. Middle. Yeah. you Like the yeah. middle with Patricia Heaton. Exactly. A famous Christian like conservative. <laughs> <laughs> answers Perfect. all my questions. <laughs> I like that question. I like that answer, too. I feel like that would be so hard because you're probably also balancing just like, I need to have a job as well. And so at some <laughs> level, I'm like, you know, doing what I like, but also trying to like serve the purpose of this show or whatever. So I imagine that would be just like dicey territory a lot of the time of like, yeah, how much of how much of this writing is supposed to just reflect things as they are or is supposed to like spur people to like be better, you know, or yeah, I think, I think on a broader scale, entertainment in general has almost as much power as politics in terms of affecting minds and shifting people's perspective to be more open. Well, what's the difference these days? (laughs) Okay. Oh boy. Let's have that conversation. You guys aren't ready for that yet. Huh? (laughs) But I think that um, in that way, I do feel a sort of responsibility to try and help open people's minds up in the way that I think so many shows have done. If you look at something like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like that was a show that like, I think maybe they weren't going in every day. Like we have a moral responsibility to like make sure that white audiences feel comfortable with black people. But that's eventually what ended up happening a bit more because of that show. So I think there's a way to do it that kind of balances let's say a comedy that you're trying to write, I mostly tend to write that um, with like the fun of that with also kind of, you know, sneaking in some way to get people to not suck so much. Change their minds. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Well, thanks for sharing all that, Asha. And thanks for sharing yeah, your story you. with us. Happy to. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more good Christian flan. fun. <clears throat> fun. Wow. Good Christian fun. <laughs> Another round of apologies. (laughs) I'm appropriating it for this episode. (laughs) This HeadGum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little 
uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive in to the topic. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Joyful noise. Now, would you would you folks believe that this was my second viewing of Joyful Noise <laughs> in the last would, seven I would. years? <laughs> I would not believe that. How? I, I watched this movie for the first time in, I believe, 2013 or 2014. I was intrigued. You went, oh, it wasn't like my friend made me go or my cousin's in it. (laughs) No, I watched it with my friend Adam over at his place. It was just a little boys night where we had (laughs) some brewskis and put on joyful noise. And we thought- I I shouldn't say that. I get the appeal. This is a good idea. Now, before we get into the movie, Asha, do you have any like- do you have any like preconceived notion or exposure or, or conception of what Christian pop culture is? Have you like had oh. any experience with it at all or any like gospel stuff, anything like that? Um, so I, my step grandmother growing up loved gospel music. So that's, that was kind of like my first intro into it. But when I was in ninth or 10th grade, I had a huge crush on a guy who was super Christian and only listened to like Christian rock and Christian pop music. So I was like, my favorite band is Reliant K because they were the only. (laughs) Oh girl, what we will do. What we will do. We cut to like a ninth grade Asha trying to learn all the words to mood rings to impress her boo. I'm like chapstick and chap lips. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, tragic. So Wait, you never did that, did you, Caroline? Pretend to like something to impress pr- impress a boy? No, not once ever. Okay. <clears throat> Me neither. <laughs> Actually, my version of doing that for a girl is how I got into the talking head, so I don't re- I don't regret it one bit. Congrats. So I got into arcade fire. Is that true? Yeah. Oh. Not so bad. That speaks well uh. of our taste. Yeah, it was good. Oh, uh, uh, see, for me, it was that guy and a different guy who was really into Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, honey, no! <laughs> oh. High school, high school was rough for me. We had to grow. We had to mature. Yeah, we did. Um, Give it away. So, I okay, think- so you listen to a lot of relaxing. So um, that's what I think about Christian music. It's amazing. Awesome. I love listening to Reliant K like in isolation, like not in the greater, you know, landscape of Christian rock, just this one band. Although I guess they probably 
in isolation do that better plenty than of people yeah plenty of people the, kind of that fun. wasn't a it'd be stranger if someone said like i'm not a christian but i love dc talk like reliant k it was yeah. it was indistinguishable for yeah. most of the stuff of the day joyful noise though is an is an odd curio because we we talk about like explicitly christian like didactic uh kind of dogmatic movies on this show like last week's was uh an example of something like that in in terms of like the very specific sort of like death is good because god's glorified if you die <laughs> and get cancer yeah kind well, of and literally just kind of like about a worship artist <laughs> yeah and literally a biopic <laughs> but this is like this is a christian Lacroix movie this is like <laughs> it's not quite coconut but it's coke there's coconut flavoring in it for sure. Mm-hmm. And this is a movie, it, it, again, it's streaming on HBO Max, Joyful Noise, starring Queen Latifah, Dolly Parton, Kiki Palmer, J.J. Jordan, or Jeremy Jordan, I think is his name, um, freaking Jesse L. Martin, Courtney B. Vance, all the middle initial men from Law & Order uh, <laughs> showing up in this movie, and Chris Christopherson, inexplicably. That's right. Yeah. Legend of stay great. of screen and and sound. Chris Christopherson. Great cameo. Great cameo. And it's basically, you know, <laughs> it was made in 2012. But honestly, is there a movie we need now more than ever? Oh like Joyful yes. Noise. That's so true. It is timeless. Can I say before? So I have never seen this movie, and. I remember when it came out and I remember seeing the trailer because I've always liked Queen Latifah. I've recently gotten more into Dolly Parton. But when I saw this trailer back in 2012, I thought this was a race war movie. I fully okay. thought it was about like Dolly Parton was like trying to like get her church back from like the black <laughs> singers. And she like, I truly thought like, that's what it was about. So I was like, I'm not going to watch this movie. <laughs> I love the idea of Dolly being so careless with her reputation as to do, play that part. Now, we, we don't like to call it the clan these days, but we do think of it as a certain yeah. sort of organization. But then I figured at the end, she would like come around and she'd be like at the cookout. And it would, that's what I thought it was going to be about. Um until it began That's so, so. Funny. <laughs> but it's all about regionals at the end it's of the day too. it's glee <laughs> it's called <laughs> it's bring it on it's, it's pitch perfect it's, it's pitch very perfect. pitch perfect yeah. although i think it came out the same year but yeah it's definitely there's a gospel glee thing running through it it is a musical uh there are <laughs> insane it, it's weird too in a post sister act world where the there's still yes. a, no- a novelty of like we can't change our sound with these pop songs. There's not a famous cinematic example of that happening. This is literally Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, this whole movie. Which I've never <laughs> seen. That. I need to oh, see it. Oh, it's so good. Oh it got maligned when it came out, but I do want to see it. It's great. Yeah. Freaking Lauren Hill. Uh, and just a surprising amount of death in this movie. I'll also say Agreed. that. I was shocked <laughs> when you mentioned Chris Christopherson. It reminded me that both him and uh, Mr. Mr. Oh, Sue. Mr. Mr. Sue. Mr. Sue just <laughs> die. And the so cuts fast. to the funeral feel like sketch jokes. <laughs> <laughs> feel like, oh, okay. I had to rewind it because I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't I believe think that it was movie, being played for a joke. This movie hates men, kind of. 
is what it feels like throughout. Well, like, I, I, I actually agree with that. And I actually think <laughs> women should be running things, if you, if you ask oh, me. Once again, so close to being a feminist in a way. On the right track. You I know? think women are actually stronger and smarter than men in every way. Mm, do, do. No you love girl bosses. I love, ha- um, I love a hashtag girl boss. <laughs> I, I do put on my p- profile. I'm just a gym looking for a hashtag girl <laughs> You are right, though. I can't think of, like, a good male character in this movie. I guess maybe Chris Christopherson, but... There's, like, there's like the guy... There's, like, the guy who is worried about losing his faith because his hammer store is closed, and oh. he, like... Gets- <laughs> the economic anxiety <laughs> subplot. There yeah, is in this movie... the whole thing. For, for the listener at home, if you haven't seen this movie, it's basically what you might think it is from the cover. Unless you're Asha, which you think it's, like, do the right thing, but in a church. <laughs> it's Dolly Parton. <laughs> Mookie, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but it is basically so Chris Christopherson is the choir leader he passes away his his wife Dolly tries to take over the choir Queen Latifah does and then they kind of have like a power struggle over it and there's competitive choir things gospel choir things that they're doing they go all the way a to Los big Angeles competitive gospel choir Ooh, competition the joyful Los noise Angeles competitions and then yeah. they do eventually win the day and and decimate what I thought was an incredible performance by those yes. children <laughs> I thought was wow. unbelievably great okay. yeah um, but you also, you forgot the subplot of the teen romance. The teen romance between Kiki Palmer and Jeremy Jordan, who I think at this time, he was like a Broadway kid from, uh, he was on the Newsies, the musical version from Broadway. He was on that TV show Smash, if you guys remember that. That's nice. I didn't even bother to look him up. <laughs> Last five years, guy. You, you, didn't, really nice. you didn't look him up. <laughs> this was his what, Asha? This was his first movie role from what? IMDb said because <laughs> I looked yeah. everything up <laughs> and yeah it's like a lighthearted musical low budget thing but that just it's happens to have a- it's also about the shattering of a family and uh how the military is a pipeline for people that can't find jobs and um end up going in there to pay for their family it's also well- about Asperger's and dealing with that disability <laughs> in your family yes, there's 12 is. things it's about that maybe it it's shouldn't about- at all be about Young women becoming weirdly sexualized by their mentors mm. <laughs> and then also dating. I know this there's a lot. And then there's is, Kirk Franklin in this movie. Yes, Mr. Kirk Franklin does make a cameo. Uh, this movie has a lot more sex and sex related stuff in it than I expected for mm-hmm. a Christian movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, there that's why I'm like, is this a Christian movie or is it just like barely? Because like, yeah, they're straight up everyone's having sex, it would appear. The woman in the choir are having sex yeah. to death with Mr. Yes. Sue. Literally. She sexes him to death. And she he becomes- dies with a smile though. He has a smile on his face. Yeah, he does. What a way to go. He's so happy. <laughs> um, yeah, and they all seem like not bothered by that at all, which is cool. Which is awesome in a way. But there's also like, there's like strange mysteries around, okay, because Jeremy Jordan is Dolly Parton's grandson and his mom, we don't know the story about, but he was kicked out of her home. Yeah. And usually, of his mom's home. Of his mom's home, which usually yeah. when you hear about a guy like that, it's like, oh, he must be like a real delinquent or he's into drugs or he has some sort of like issue or problem. He seems great. He seems like ready to chill, ready to shape Sweet. up the choir. Man. He, is like, he is like a little bit of a fuck boy. 
Like yeah. in the dance club scene, I had because okay, I thought Kiki Palmer was meant to be eighteen, and then towards the end, Queen Latifah's like, "You are sixteen years old." I was like, "She's sixteen, and I she's know. eighteen when they film it too." Oh my god, I felt so deeply uncomfortable with their romance because <laughs> yeah, it's like she's sixteen and she's like a sweet church girl. And then he's kind of like a cool city guy who's like pushing her to not be so religious, I guess. But then that also does turn into him. Yeah. Like grind on me at this club. You know, you want 16 to 16 year old girl. <laughs> yeah. Like grow up. What does he say? He's like, you're more than a church girl. Like show me. Like it's a kind of an uncomfortable <laughs> oh pressure situation. And then, yeah. And then, and he, then calls, like, he calls her mom a bitch at one point. <laughs> <I was laughs> yeah. Like, how dare you? And then he like flirts with another girl in front <laughs> yes. of her. And the, the lesson at that point is Dolly telling her like, you need to show him you're a woman. She's 16. <laughs> and she like puts on her like sluttiest dress. Just like just like a, a V-neck pink dress. It's like kind of form And he's like, you look amazing. And I'm like, and is it's this? It's supposed to be like Grease, you know, Grease. <laughs> Sandra for the first time and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hubba, hubba. <laughs> and there are certain things there are like a few red flags and warning signs uh, oh my that God. Jeremy Jordan drops throughout the movie like <laughs> when he drives her secretly to the dad's military base when they get there he says that was crazy at least yeah. the, you could at least smile is what he says to yeah, her yeah he's like, like I went through a lot of trouble to do this you could at least smile for me and she's I like in shock because she hasn't seen her father in months or he does he say in, in one of their first meetings we we would make really good babies together or our children would let, which is yeah. like very they strong. Look just like you. Very strong. Also, do you remember when he tells her Asperger's brother to shut up like at the creek or whatever? To be fair, her Asperger's brother was like, no one, ever, like I never know when His to name shut is up. Walter. His, His name is Walter. His name is Walter. Walter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I say, okay, when he yes. first, when he first popped up on screen, he was like in a very dark car and wearing dark sunglasses. And I thought it was Sam Richardson. And I got so excited that he <gasps> that was in this movie. Really cool. I was like, oh my God, how great for him. <laughs> I thought he was a great character. Like, I really liked Walter, and I really liked what he added to it, but I just, I didn't fully buy that, like, the, what was his, Jordan Jason or whatever is, like, really sweet to him, because he's sweet to him in moments, but then in that moment in the creek, he, like, fights a guy in front of him, and he tells him to, like, be quiet, and I don't know. There's so much going on in this movie, and even, like, having the glasses on, it's like... Cause you think he's maybe blind at first when you when you see the kid because yes. of the glasses yes. thing, yes. and then it's like, okay, it's not quite this. And and I think in in doing Aspergers, I think it's like really hard to accurately portray that. They went to great lengths to do that on Parenthood with that Max character. Yeah, and for like the pivotal, really the only part of the movie that has anything resembling like a worldview about God or any sort of theology is the scene in which Walter breaks down crying because he I knows cried. that he's I different. Cried. I cried. Yeah, it's very, you know, it's like the Forrest Gump scene where he like sees his son and he's like, is he yeah. smart or is he like me? But it's like, yeah. oh yeah, this this character knows that there's something that's like not exactly normal about them. Right. And the thing he says to his mom, which is like, Again, there's so many like hardcore things in this movie that should just be like a breezy, like, oh, look, there's Dolly clapping. And this is also a movie in which Walter says, if you believe in God, you would hate him for what he did to me. He said, if you loved me, if then you, you love me, God then you would hate God yeah. for what he yeah. did. Because yes, he did exactly. this to me. Yeah. Yes. Which is Ugh. like a wild, like in a very loaded and a very fair perspective on the world, which I don't. Yeah. Can I say 
On a much smaller scale, I thought something that got glazed over too quickly in this movie was when Kiki Palmer's character is like, you know, mom gets emotional when she reads those letters from you. And he's like, I didn't write any letters. And which meant that Queen Latifah wrote fake letters from her distant husband <laughs> to read to her children, which is like an amazing thing for a mom amazing. to do. And weekly then like, too. Uh, yes, weekly. And then Kiki Palmer sees her mom again. And she's like, why did you lie? And I was like, what? Yeah, I know. A lot of people hating on Queen Latifah for truly yes. no reason. And no and, reason. And there is a, yeah. you know, her life sucks in a lot of ways. Like she it's has, hard. she gets piss on her at the hospital with the bedpan. And like, there's just a lot of, and, and you don't really quite understand why her and Doll, other than like, I guess the power struggle, why they so deeply dislike each other the way they this do. This movie easily could have been a Freaky Friday, like <laughs> of Dolly Parton and Queen Latifah switching places because be cool. when they were fighting in so the Dolly restaurant Barton has no challenges in her life <laughs> except <laughs> I guess maybe her husband being her husband gone, but like otherwise no struggle her husband <laughs> come on if Nate passed away that would be some challenges she got to life. dance with him in her mind anyway oh you're so, right that's you know, not that bad <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, that that actually brings me to I think my favorite number in the whole thing because okay, here's the thing too. Just talking about the cast and trying to contextualize it, and this was true in 2012 as as much as it is 2020. Even though it feels like we have a Dolly Renaissance because of the podcast and all this stuff, but Queen Latifah is a star. She's a movie star, kind of a legend. Kiki Palmer on the up and up upcoming like star would become a meme star uh, soon thereafter. Dolly Parton being in this movie is so crazy. <laughs> that this was she- meant to be her comeback. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild that that is the case though, given how she's utilized in this movie where she does not truly sing or have a song until duetting with her ghost husband in a cornfield up until that point she has noticed that she did like squeedity like in the choir but otherwise it is is so crazy to me how many shots of this movie are just dolly Parton in the background while kiki palmer that was crazy where it's like it is it is the musical or film equivalent of like having a, pr- a former president in your movie and you're like, okay, now you're going to be second unit. He's a janitor. <laughs> yes. And then being like a bit player or a background part. And she yeah, truly, weird. she truly only has like two solos. One of which is Chris Brown's forever. Which oh my is God. Banana bread. Uh, and then the other one is this song from here to the moon. And, um, when this came on, it felt like coming home because Kevin has played this for me before. <laughs> she wrote this. <laughs> okay, I do want to fast forward it to my favorite parts. So she's dancing in the cornfield with her ghost husband. She's also a ghost in her fantasy. She's watching herself. Yes, because, yeah, she's watching herself, so she's also dead. Chris Christopherson, music star, a star is born legend. Just the Oh, <laughs> 
Okay, and this is something that I will just text my friend who I did watch this movie with seven years ago. We'll just text each other sometimes from my hair to the moon <laughs> and back. <laughs> or like leave each other little voice memos. Just struggling on this song or doing like the seven the septuagenarian version of a Rex Harrison. Maybe he's just letting Dolly take the spotlight, you know? From my hair to be her the moon. Song. I feel <laughs> like their voices don't sound good together at all. Unfortunate. No, it would yeah. appear so. Yeah. yeah, I love that we got to see Dolly be funny in this movie, and yeah. how many jokes they make at her expense about her plastic surgery in it too. She it loves great. it. That's her whole thing. She doesn't care. It's her whole thing. Yeah, yeah. and like it's just fun to see her own it and to have Queen Latifah like throwing insults at her about it. it was great. I loved that diner scene where they were fighting. That was probably one of my favorites. I thought it was great when they're throwing dinner rolls at each other. That's it's cinema. Fun. Yeah. Yes. That feels like it's going to be the tone the whole movie. And it's like a yes. lot of not that. <laughs> Agreed. I thought, honestly, that scene and then the scene when Kiki Palmer tells her mom, Queen Latifah, like, you hate me because I'm prettier than you. And that Queen Latifah's like. That was a crazy argument. <laughs> she's like, I think she says something like, I, uh, I encapsulate a beautiful model and I would put mirrors all over my home, including one on my fridge to watch myself eating. And I was like, yes, I want this movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, one that was like such a wild argument to come wild. out of nowhere. I was like, why would we decide that Kiki's issue with her mom in this movie yes. she thinks that she's prettier than her mom no her one gets jealous. queen latifah no one understands her fully no, yeah like i would have understood like you're too hard on me or you don't let me sing uh i'm in love with a stripper with this boyfriend <laughs> that i like like the things like that would have made sense but it was just such a left field but it was cool to see i guess queen latifah just demolish her daughter in that moment anyway <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she does say, I flagged this for you, Caroline, because she did say, I don't flaunt my beauty because I'm married and it would disrespect my husband. <laughs> oh, yeah. As a, as, a, as a member of the wife community, that is the rule. <laughs> as a wife American, I thought that might <laughs> stick out for you. <laughs> it's, just, it's so crazy, her that, like distant, abandoned, neglectful husband. That's weirdly the most conservative aspect of this movie. That you think might be more conservative in parts, but other than like, yeah, the hardware store shutting down or something because of the economy. Yeah, that was a bummer. I also, <laughs> I also kept a running um, list of Queen Latifah's aphorisms in the movie. This was written and directed by Todd Graff, who it might surprise you to find out is a white gentleman. Uh, what? Which is always an interesting thing when a majority, a majority of your cast is. Black or people of color. Uh, so some of the aphorisms he wrote for Queen Latifah include, <clears throat> when folks get too wrapped up in themselves, they make very small packages. There's always free cheese in the mousetrap, but trust me, the mice there ain't happy. My mama told me if people swept in front of their own doors, this whole world would be clean. I'd call you stubborn, but it'd be an insult to mules. When someone don't fit into a neat little box, the answer ain't to squeeze them in harder. You build a bigger box. Trying to fool me is like trying to sneak a sunrise past a rooster. Oh, Dolly said that one. Oh, Dolly. Okay, maybe some of those. Dolly said a couple of those. Yeah, she did. Do you know what's funny is I just recently, my friend has these virtual movie nights and she, we just watched Camp, which was also written and directed by this 
writer director. Mr. Graf. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and Camp is a 2003 movie that was Anna Kendrick's first movie. Oh, that's about, right. Yes. About like a summer camp filled with like misfits and gay guys and all this stuff. And it is honestly about as good as this movie. <laughs> he's consistent he's consistent he doesn't have the range (laughs) he did not change in 10 years between those two movies and he's not made a movie since uh joyful noise so it it does appear to be one of those like uh one just leave it perfection and don't like touch don't blemish your (laughs) legacy yeah i was just gonna talk about the song choices in this movie Although, and again, 2012, different time from 2020. But now, use, even using a cover of a Michael Jackson song feels yeah. tricky, if not iffy, if not bad. And not the song bad, but the quality bad. Because they do sing, as part of their choir, Man in the Mirror and Maybe I'm Amazed. Which they don't really change the lyrics to make about God the way that they do yeah. these other songs when they perform Which in the made finals. Which laugh out loud the way that they changed the lyrics in the final oh, song. I'll, oh, I'll play those in a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty incredible. But I was, yeah, I was struck by this. What, for the Kirk Franklin stuff, they do go to another competition. They see a fictional Kirk Franklin. Uh, with a bunch of like hired professional gospel singers. Who is Kirk Franklin? So Kirk Franklin is probably the biggest gospel music recording artist alive gotcha. currently. Okay. Or like okay. probably so the I most popular and the most. What's that? I should know who he is then. No, no you, who cares? <laughs> but just like he's a. Do you want I a revolution? Know who he was until like two years ago. So. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Yeah, even I, Caroline, I our musicologist I, on the show. Oh yes, <laughs> and I—I I don't know. Like, would you call him more of like a a choir arranger and director slash performer? I would say yeah. Like, I mean, his his main talent is arranging. He's a gospel yeah. star, but most of his star power is putting people together, and then in between their lines, going, "Come on!" Oh. <laughs> I was <laughs> okay. Well, this was what I was wondering in the movie: is if he is like playing a caricature of himself in this movie because or is that just that's him <laughs> if you watch live performances with him okay. yeah that's him in 2012 and it is so funny because uh the movie does continue where dolly parton says i looked into that and they were hiring uh gospel singers illegally or like they were fake so i do like the reality of this movie is dolly parton is saying turns out that's kirk franklin that's not just a guy <laughs> that's like a very famous <laughs> recording artist yeah <laughs> like he fooled um, us he was so good, though. It was so fun. Like, I just I enjoy watching Very him. And he does have a lot more energy than some people brought to that stage. I agree. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, I didn't like the kid's performance. I thought it was annoying. Really? <laughs> I thought the kid that was singing was like, <laughs> like that kind of tone all the time. What I, didn't, what I didn't like about it is that it was all him singing. I was like, he took the whole solo for the whole song where I was like, that's not, that's not what this should be. <laughs> No, this is a choir. Yes. You know, yeah, it's not like backup singers. Did you guys ever do co- uh, competitive singing in high school or anything like that? I did high school theater. Did it, was it competitive? Um, sort of, but not really. I mean, between each other. I know, yeah. Hey. There was this like, there was kind of a, it wasn't touring competitive, but there was kind of like a, 
organization that would like come to different schools and kind of like rate each school's performance and like it was all high school kids that were like the judges panel Mm -hmm. so we would go to other schools and like rate them and then there would be like awards at the end of the year which we never won so oh well that's because kids kids are savage you know they (laughs) wait what where was this geographically uh, in Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. I did I did yeah. competitive one act competitions in Texas. That was like the big thing for Texas high schools. One act? Yeah, so it was like a one act competition. So in your high school, you put on a one act play and there were like certain parameters of like, it has to be 40 minutes or less. You can only use the, these set pieces. There has to be this many people in the cast. And then there's like judges at each Caroline's <laughs> face. What? <laughs> I'm just describing the thing to you. You asked. <laughs> I thought it'd be interesting. But my mind's eye was just imagining a young Kevin T. Porter shorts slipping down to his ankles. No. Playing a death of a salesman. <laughs> Howdy, I'm home. <laughs> How dare you? F you. Just selling it to the back row. <laughs> like killing it. it was zone, oh. district, area, regionals, and state. And we never made it to state, but we made it to regionals one year. Oh, that's and, impressive. And that was fun. We did a we did an adaptation of <laughs> Romeo and Juliet where it was all queen music, and that was really fun. Oh, cool. It what part all, did you play? I wasn't in that one, but I was an alternate. <laughs> <laughs> so if they needed me, I was there waiting in the wings. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> I think I could give it a sh- <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, that's not the choreography of the show. You're doing a go-go dance. <laughs> yeah, but maybe the character could use it. <laughs> in your mind, you are the guy that comes and like jazzes up the performance <laughs> with so cool new music. <laughs> you were the Jeremy Jordan of your high school. That's right. <laughs> I like to think of myself that way. <laughs> they just rejected you. <laughs> oh, no. As they should have. I shouldn't. Um when the pastor was describing why they shouldn't keep investing in going to these choir performances, were you guys also like, he is correct. <laughs> he is right. This community is clearly like struggling. Everyone's yes. on the brink of losing their jobs. And they're like, no, we need money to travel to California and lose at this choir competition again. <laughs> Which is what I thought was so interesting when they're like doing the soup kitchen thing or whatever. And these two people are like, I really hope that you guys bring home the gold this year. And I was like, what is that going to do? You're homeless. They're like, you have bigger fish you're getting to fry. Our community <laughs> hope. And I'm like, who goes to choir competitions all the time? Like, if anything, this the high school basketball team is probably like really lighting it up. This is now. a fantasy world in which the, the choir in Tuscaloosa, whatever, Alabama, where this takes place, is the equivalent Georgia, of like, Georgia. Of Georgia, Georgia. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. Uh, so funny. It's the equivalent of like Texas football <laughs> in Friday Night Lights, where it's like it yes. is all the the community and the city is centered around, but to the yeah. point where yes, unhoused people are invested. <laughs> in yeah, the like, of this the is the way the money should be spent. It's like they could just keep yeah, like doing their choir, and then Dolly makes a like finds a weird loophole and becomes ordained as a pastor well, so a that pastor she now. can fund their their trip to this competition as a church i guess unreal it was just like why didn't she just pay for it in the first place place. it's like oh i thought it was so interesting that jeremy jordan got um the the kid that he got into a fight with to play the guitar in the thing but he convinced the guy that respects women exactly he respects women (laughs) for real 
Um, <laughs> the way he convinces him is by saying, like, it's going to be in L.A. You might get some people to, who see you play guitar and want to, like, sign you. And I was like, <laughs> this poor kid just got duped. He got bamboozled for scammed. sure. <laughs> They all got schemed. They go to that finals yeah. competition. The stagehand is bum-fuzzled when he's like, well, there's not, there's not the cues. What do we do? Yeah. Like, they Throw them everything you got. Wait, I want to, can I, can I play a little of that Throw medley? Oh yeah. And then, and then Walter's oh, yeah. playing down on his little synthesizer. So he's happy now. Oh my God. The hardware guy. From the game she was singing in my ear, you would think that she knew me. So we decided to chill. We decided to chill. It's also so crazy that everyone is so talented in this choir, and yet they're still acting like they need help from Jeremy to come and like fix <laughs> them up. <laughs> oh, we went to one guitar guy. They're like, hell yeah! Like you yeah. just added a guy. Oh my god, we just... never had a band before. I guess he was the one that rewrote the music, which I'm like, he. He did not help. I thought Jeremy did. Oh, yes, Jeremy did. Jeremy did. Jeremy did. All right. I just want to hear something that should never have happened. It's so... This this should have never existed. This is an abomination. People need to use that as a pickup line. <laughs> but truly, it's going to be me, you, and the good Lord. The Dolly Parton comeback vehicle features a duet with a dead husband and then mm-hmm. a solo of her singing Chris Brown for like 20 oh, seconds. Oh. Yeah. So Up not, in the church with the homies. Not, not what you want, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, my God. You do just want to see her in more stuff, though, right? Like that's you, true. She's so fun. I want to get her a new wig. I'm I'm, I'm sad. I never saw her on tour. <laughs> Me too. I mean, she might go on another. Mm, but will <laughs> tours exist? Ah, uh, this is the larger issue. <laughs> that is the year. Issue. Yeah, that, that's why I think about any recording artist in their 70s or 80s right now. By the time they can tour again, how old will they be? Is that what you think about? Yes. That's my number one priority when I wake up. Well, no, I think about it because Springsteen. That in the season three of Succession. Okay, that's true. Bruce Springsteen is 70 years old. So if he can tour again in like 2023, it's like, okay, like what is that? I don't know. 73 is young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. There's Joe Biden. He's still kicking, you know, our prez. You can do so much at 73. I'm asking to you for a favor. Those are the two. Those are the two. Jane Fonda? There's the Crip Keeper. Jane Fonda is different. Jane Fonda is not a, I don't know. How old is she? She's like 90. How old is she? I don't know. She's got to be like um, 70. I'm like trying to give you hope though. I think Bruce is going to like, he's not going to stop. He'll. You know, he's not going to stop. I just wonder if he'll like 
just do like a New Jersey tour or something like instead of like, oh, I don't need to go to the West Coast. Jake I'm Fonda good. Is 82. Oh yeah. Wow. And is that correct? Smoking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's had she has she's had very tasteful work, I think. And she could get it. She, she, and get she can it. come Dunning. get it anytime she wants. Oh, it's her Truly. doctor. Gloria Steinem's like 90 or something. <laughs> Gloria Steinem's insane. Oh my, oh my God. Did you guys watch a Mrs. America ever? I did. Did you like Rose Burns, Gloria Steinem on the show? <laughs> Everything was kind of big aviators and talking like this. I kind of loved it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was like camp. It was like truly campy yes. in the way was, that like those. It wasn't something that I would be like, you know what? If they make a Gloria Steinem biopic, Rose Byrne should play Gloria Steinem. But I I loved it. I love seeing her like make out with a black guy on the dance floor. Just the two of them and the good oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And the Lord. <laughs> and truly. Up in the club. I will say between friends there. She like her look like Byrne's look as Gloria Steinem in Mrs. America, obviously stunning, but weirdly, stunning. I was like, wait a minute. And and I realized it looked exactly like another friend of mine. And I did like a side by side. I was like, oh my God, has my friend looked like this the whole time? And the answer was <laughs> well, yes. And you fell in love? And uh, it's been a process. We'll see. Uh, maybe <laughs> we'll talk about that with the Laura Dern conversation okay. later. <laughs> uh, great. <laughs> Uh, anything else we wanted to talk about that did we want to talk about the the woman's redemption where she finds another gentleman in the bathroom uh who was also asian which i thought was also a little weird why i was like i mean like (laughs) i'm like hey you know what she found love and i thought that was great for her i just thought it was interesting that it was like were they trying to be like, this guy will replace Mr. Sue for you? Or were they just trying to have more Asian representation in the film? Or... Uh- I mean, they were the only two Asian people, I think, in the film. And yeah, to me, it felt like, oh, look, she just got another one. I thought another one. And I was like, I ugh. <laughs> yeah. It I, thought, cool. I thought her and the guy with the hammer store were going to get together. And that was going to be like. <gasps> the hammer store was amazing. He was yeah. nice. He breakdanced at the end. He was very talented. You know. We did he skip over the fact that Mr. Sue sounded like. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the the comp would be, but like a hit. Oh gosh, Mr. Sue was yeah. like, "Well, you sure look pretty." And yeah, and I thought their, it was kind of cute. Their inciting <laughs> incident for getting together is talking about how long it had been since either of them had smashed with anybody. After like, watching well, a sixteen-year-old Kiki and her boy, well, like, I'm horned up now a from meadow. these children like, kissing Ugh. in the woods. So. I have to have sex with you and die now. <laughs> right now. There's a lot going on in this movie. I get and it's oh, it's my. two hours long. You could make it ninety minutes and cut out everything with Law and Order with Jesse L. Martin. <laughs> Live yeah. in my house, I, I'll be your shelter. I do wanna bring up the woman who is the other like kind of ensemble member whose whole character is just repeating what other people say. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Or things that other people say. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> just as a it joke, was, which is like weird. never funny, and no. then I just kept going. <laughs> and I was like, she gets nothing else in the whole movie. No. She doesn't get a romantic interest. She barely gets a solo. She's just kind of there to be like, yeah. you heard she said da da da. Didn't <laughs> she like comfort Queen Latifah at one point, and then that's kind of it? Maybe. Uh, anything else we want to talk about before we rate what this movie is? Asha's vigorously shaking her head no over the Zoom. Um, <laughs> Uh, I did, I did write down notes. that. Do you guys remember when Dolly had a shotgun in her house and she was ready to shoot her grandson? Yeah, that yeah. felt like an ad lib to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
that felt like a a little bit of a conservative nod. To me. I was like, look at this con- gun toting Southern woman. Look at this what Caroline? <laughs> what did you say? Gun, did, gun. Did not. No, say. You you started out saying something else. Look at this. Look at this one. Kevin, I'm a Christian wife. I'm a new job. Don't put That's these gonna evil be words in my job. mouth. No. That's going to be a new. Look at this. <laughs> Man, welcome to Good Christian Fun, where the Christian wife says the C word. <laughs> no. No. Oh, boy. No, I agree uh, with you. That felt violent and extreme. That was crazy. Uh, yeah, that's all I had otherwise. Oh, and then uh, the other violence is when Latifah's choking out Dolly in the diner. Good <laughs> so grief. Unreal. Also, the movie does end with, ban those. with um, Mr. Sue reboot marrying the woman from the choir. And yes. uh, and then the father and the comes home. And then the reunion and in like, the middle of that. In the middle of their wedding. <laughs> I would be just like. Just walk down the aisle. <laughs> yes. If that, that was my wedding, I'd be though. like, take this elsewhere. Yeah. I'm like, hey. <laughs> Everyone's game. I don't even know this man. If I get married, I want that to happen. Mark my words right now. And I want anyone who might ever be involved with the ceremony to hear this. If I ever get married one day, I do want it to be crashed by a tearful reunion between father and a daughter. A soldier reunion? Yeah. yeah. We oh, can do that. It, yeah. You know what? It can be a soldier reunion. It can be a soldier and his dog. It Gotta can be, be a soldier a, reunion. A dog soldier and his son. It can be Listen, anything. Listen, if you want this to go viral on TikTok, it's going to need to be a soldier and it's going to need to be a dog and a baby girl. Wait, correct. Do soldiers go viral on TikTok? Um, I don't know. I just feel like those videos in general do. So I'm sure there's a section of TikTok. I feel like TikTok would be like, fuck soldiers. <laughs> we hate the military. <laughs> There, TikTok has many streams. You know, you just kind of get in one, oh, and you so think that's beautiful. all it is. As long as it's in a nice house, I feel like that's always the thing. It's always in like yes. mansions and <laughs> seven bedroom <laughs> big mansion house. If you got more than two bedrooms, use a fake Zoom background, friends. Don't don't <laughs> yep. sell yourself don't out and it. show your ass. Yeah. Uh, okay, well it's time to rate the movie. The way this works, Asha, is we give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a no thumb, a thumb between. Thumbs up is a holy toast. We send Dolly, Queen, and all the crew all the way to heaven. Heaven-bound. Or holy roast, we send them all the way down. To with uh, you know, with some of the artists that they use in the movie, like Chris Brown and Michael Jackson. Or we really? give them. <laughs> We, if we're not sure, we're sending them to purgatory, a la Dave Matthews. The space between. And we start per usual with Caroline. Um, I feel really conflicted. I, I genuinely enjoyed this you movie, do? but mostly <laughs> in the first half. Like I had a really good time in the first half, and in the second half, I was just like, "What's going on? I'm a little, I'm a little checked out." Um, enjoyed the songs; those were great. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a space between, actually. Okay, space between, a tentative space between from Caroline. Mm-hmm. We turn it now to Asha. Okay, I, I kind of agree. I did like a lot of parts of it. The structure was just kind of all over the place where I was, I never knew what was going to happen, but there's something kind of nice about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's something uh, kind of nice about that. But something is bad in a way that surprises you. It's kind of like, wow, wow. Well, like, I I didn't expect you. I didn't expect a fist fight in a quarry with a kid with Aspergers. So. Yeah. Now that, no, no, you're you did it. Correct. You sure did. Um, I think I'm gonna go in between as well. A space between. I enjoyed, space between. Yeah, okay. I enjoyed yeah. quite a bit of it. Yeah. Fair. Beautiful. Okay. Well, you know Kevin? what? I'm not one to break from the pack. I will also give it a holy toast. Wow, Holy okay. toast. 
okay. this movie is fun. It's I'm gonna make you watch this movie. It's I've year. seen it twice, so it might just be Stockholm syndrome stuff. But it it gave me from here to the moon and back. It gave me a, a young Kiki Palmer showing us the star that she would become before she even said sorry to any man walking down the street. It gave us so much. And it gave us a, you know, maybe one of the last great Dolly performances on on film. And the and the music performances I think are fun. They're poorly they lip synced. And if if kids had seen this, if like nineties kids who like love those BuzzFeed lists and original Disney Channel movies had seen this movie when they were ten years old, it would have been an instant classic. It came out at the I wrong agree time. With that. But if it I came out that. in that time where it's like every movie I like is good and you still remember it fondly in your twenties because you were a child, you would have loved okay. it. Is this a cogent argument? If you were younger, it'd be yeah. amazing. <laughs> I, I actually I kind of get that. I think watching it for the first time as an adult, I was like, I wanted Kiki Palmer and Jeremy Jordan to like do it so badly and I knew it wasn't gonna happen. I know <laughs> Oh my god! What the Your hell? Face, She's like, eighteen. How dare you? She's sixteen. <laughs> I was really invested in their love story. It was steamy. It was steamy when they were yeah. like making out in the kitchen. I was like, yeah, yeah. And Dolly was like, that's not gonna happen on the table where I eat. <laughs> in fairness. Oh wait, fairness, Asha, I've this... been in quarantine, so maybe yeah, I just maybe need to now. Now I'm remembering, Asha. You told me that you loved normal people, but only the no, fir- no, no. The, only the first two episodes where they were children. Oh, no, sex. Kevin, that was not me. That was not me. I did not say you that. said I loved the first two episodes of normal people when they were d- adults in college. I didn't oh, care no. for. It at I did all. not say that. Wait, I did not say that. And you know how I know I didn't say that. I have never seen normal people, and I told you I wasn't going to watch it during quarantine. Because it was too horny to watch in quarantine. <laughs> THF is not safe. <laughs> Some shows are THFQ, unfortunately. Yes. Normal people, you really got to know what you can handle. Um, I, I'll I'll save you, Asha. I get you. Like if I was a if I was like a younger one, if I was a teenager watching this, I would be like, oh my god, they need to do it. Yes. <laughs> this is so cool. And like dancing at the club with her cardigan. I was like, that was all I wanted to do. Yeah. And I also would have reacted the same way she did of like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> Caroline, I hope you're drafting your notes app screenshot apology right now that you're going to put out for what you've said. Kevin. <laughs> no, that was a fantastic opinion and I stand by it. <laughs> Ooh, new drop. Okay, we're not the final word. Get out there and act Christian fun fun. Give it a holy roast, a holy toast, or a space between. Get out there and... Pokemon go to the polls. Ballers. Ballers? Ballers? If I if I had a Joe Biden drop, what would it be? Would it be I'm asking to for a favor or whatever he said the other day? Maybe the one where he's urging people to wear masks. Or the one where he says, I don't know, shoot him in the leg. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Good grief. I like the video when he gives the kid the American flag pin. So I haven't seen Maybe this video. It's so that cute. Up. It's like Aww. a little it's like a little black kid. So, you know, you get those points for that. Sure, sure. And he gives him a flag pin? Yeah, he, the, the kid is like, what's that? And Joe Biden's like, oh, it's my flag pin. And the, the kid's grandma is like, yeah, it's like a thing for whatever. And Joe Biden takes it off and gives it to the kid. Okay, and the kid's that's like, cool. And the kid's like, I can have it. And he's like, yeah, it's yours now. <laughs> he gives him his pants. Here, take these too. <laughs> you like Christ. these pants? <laughs> 
and, and he leans down to the kid and whispers in his ear, where am I right now? Oh my God. Can you tell me where Evan. the bathroom is? I'm lost. Evan, stop. stop. Oh my God. I cannot wait. I cannot. Can't wait to vote for him. I can't wait. I can't wait um, to vote for him. Good grief. And uh, Coppola Harris as well. Uh, <laughs> no one's called Christ. her that yet. That's pretty good. Right? Get that trending. Yeah. Hashtag Coppola Harris. All right. Now Great we're bringing time. it down. We're dimming the lights. We're lighting the candles. And we're bringing it into a more worshipful space, friends. And, and we're not, Asha, on other shows, you might plug your projects or promote your social media. But we're not here to do that. We're here to lift it's it prideful. up to the yeah. Lord. Including your social media your projects you're working on, and maybe something you're enjoying in secular culture. And we start with Caroline. You can follow me at social media. I'm sorry, you can lift me up at social media. Thank you. <laughs> at Caroline's Farts. And uh, I'd like to lift up, if you're looking for uh, an enjoyable, light, fun show, I'd recommend Dating the Around. The Wire. Oh. <laughs> Season two. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's like a reality dating show, but the people aren't monsters. They're They're like sweet and... It's all kinds of ages and sexualities, and it's shot very beautifully. It's really nice to watch if you just need a little mood boost. All reality shows should be shot that well. That show looks so nice. It's beautiful, yeah. yeah. And there are, you know, even in season two, the best part of that show is whoever the person is going on all those dates, showing up for date two, and then when they reveal who the person is, if it is surprising, you will be at home going, Yes, yes, it's so fun. It and is, then it just ends there. You don't see them go on their second date. It's just like, wonderful. who did they choose of the three? It's great. Wait, did you watch season two, Kevin? I watched the first episode of season two. And when they showed who that person went on a second date with, I went, ah! Wait, who was the first episode again? First episode was that really charming guy who I think... Uh, I forget what he did for a living, but it was like a lo- it was a lot of blonde girls, and he picked one of the blonde girls. I didn't think he had a lot. Of yes, 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 yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of like he was really cool. You know, he was like really suave. Well, he was easy, and he was the one. Uh, we don't have time yeah. to get into it. But oh, that was great. Okay, yeah, we'll talk great. more later. Okay, uh, we turn it to Asha now. Um, you can lift me up on Instagram at Asha Michelle Wilson. Great follow on Asha Instagram, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank Stand you. by it. I, I don't really tweet anymore, but that's at Asha Michelle. And secular things I'm watching, I love what we do in the shadows. I think it's one of the best shows of the past couple years. Um, and I just watched all of Mixedish. I watched it in like a day, oh. and I really enjoyed it. It's like kind of just a fun, silly sitcom, like family sitcom, but. Um, I, I related to a lot of it. I like things that make me laugh and then cry for like a second and then I'm laughing again. And I think mm-hmm. it did a good job at that. So yeah, those two things. Awesome. Tim Meadows, right? Is he? No, that's schooled. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for your apology next yeah, week so about that one. Start now. <laughs> that one's going to take you a while. So Damn it. <laughs> Just turn it around on that. Oh, oh wow. gosh. Screw the pooch on this one. Uh, thank you, Asha. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. And yeah, nothing to lift up. You know, go out go out and see a movie, why don't you? <laughs> go oh, see no. Tenet. Oh my god, don't listen to Kevin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't don't go see Tenet. Um No, have I would I endorse anything I've done in the last couple weeks? 
No, it's all basic <laughs> stuff. It's all basic stuff. I can't. Going on a walk. I, yeah, I could lift up going on a walk. But no, 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 no. I can't because I said I enjoyed going on walks on another podcast. And some people tweeted at me and said, that was a really privileged take. That's white male privilege. And you shouldn't have said that. So I will not lift up going on a walk. Which I actually fully understand. You can't go on a walk with your yeah. headphones on if you're like I totally understand. Yeah. But uh, but I will not be lifting up that. I'm not doing my no tap next week. <laughs> <laughs> no more walks. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'll lift up a uh, freaking. There's a couple of episodes of Scrubs I really enjoyed, but they took them down. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just kidding. Christ. <laughs> Let's maybe wrap this sucker up uh, and lift up something else tonight. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can lift us up. <laughs> I, you know, no, let me find something to plug. Really? Uh, 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 you don't prepare? Listen to I, really think, I don't know. <laughs> I really think you should plug a Tim Meadows vehicle because you yeah, really you owe it. <laughs> screwed the pooch with that. Walk hard, the Dewey Cox story That's and perfect. Popstar. There you go. He's, He's great A plus in both of those. Those are my, some of my favorite performances. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more good Christian fun. We put out a new episode every Friday. And you can go to iTunes slash Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We donate a dollar to charity. For every review you leave, and this one's charity, is the Black Lives Matter movement. Asha, thank you so much for joining us, friend. Thank you for having Asha. me. I love this. What a this. fun time. Oh, so fun. I loved this. For Thanks an for old me. friend to experience you in a new <laughs> context like this. What a, what a treat <laughs> and a blast for me. Yeah. And be careful of the movies you're watching, Asha. I don't want I, you to get I too Thank horny you. to die. <laughs> THTD. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. Don't Thank watch you. 365 Days on Netflix. That's that's my not lift up. <laughs> don't watch that. And there's nothing left to say except for, and all of Pod's people said, amen. All right, let's go out with the Stone Cold Classic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was just gr- just thinking about him heaving in the recording studio. It's a choice. I like guess Jackson Brown esque, which makes sense because he was the Jackson Brown role in The Star Is Born in the seventies with Babs. It all connects. She's a valley. All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.